recently. not officially i'm i'm really I'm, I'm really finding it hard to do to go yeah. back to it but after hearing what google's doing with chrome chromium now i'm I'm kind of like yeah i can't i can't oh i might be behind the times what's what is the well they tried that flock thing you ever you hear about that i did hear about that like explain it to me basically they were trying to group group users of chrome into like like i don't know like categories and then sell them ads that way instead of using cookies oh okay it was called flock i forget exactly what the acronym means i remember i think yeah talked about that yeah right but now they're doing they're they're doing a whole nother thing that they're gonna actually start to block ad blockers, like like you block Origin and all that stuff. They're gonna actually actively work against them so that yeah. they can't work right. And that I I can't I can't deal with the internet without you block Origin. There's no way. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm still using AdBlock Plus. Well, right. that works too. That works too. But uBlock is is amazing. I love uBlock. Yeah, I know that I should be using uBlock. Um, uh, most of my friends that one does use work. U-block. I I do. I have. I actually used to use both of them because yeah. uBlock wasn't that great a long while ago, and then that one kind of filled in the blanks. But ever since uBlock has been like basically the last, I'd say about three years, it's been great. Okay. Like I was thinking, like, oh, you haven't like changed your Facebook like status yet. Like, <laughs> they, they need like relationship status for browsers. Like, uh, you yeah, put, right. Like, <laughs> Josh is now <laughs> using Fedora. <laughs> Josh is in a relationship with. <laughs> yeah, Josh is now using Firefox, whatever number they're on these days. <laughs> yeah, Fire, Firefox one hundred, one hundred, yeah. man. They had a whole big thing about that. All right, we better get streaming. We're, we're losing content here. I got the stream going. I guess I just. Oh, you started. do? Where is it? It's not up. Wait. Welcome to Crowbar Kernel Panic, the podcast at the intersection of Linux and gaming. This is episode twenty-six. Um, we are live streaming on YouTube over at Crowbar Colonel Panic. Uh, please give us a like and a subscribe. We recently hit 100 subscribers, and uh, we're gonna. Oh, we we've been discussing behind the scenes the live stream. You actually yeah. picked up some hardware so that we could uh, yep. live stream your Arch install. I uh, I picked up. Oh, you can't even see it because it's got a. I don't even know what this thing is. Hold on, let me <laughs> let me pick this this thing off of here. That's gonna be that's his address. Whenever you whenever you order an HDMI ah! USB connector, they put your address, social security number, and date of birth <laughs> on the box. No, uh, you can't so... even see what it is. It's got like all this crap on it. Oh, this isn't gonna work. Oh wait, I can just unplug it. Hold on, it's right here. Oh crap, he's gonna unplug it, and the stream's gonna go down. No, we're good. We're good. I wasn't using it for anything. This little guy. There you can go. Can you see it? Yeah, I have the exact same one because that's I, so funny. I think it's the cheapest uh, USB HDMI. It is. It's like sixteen bucks. <laughs> yeah. It barely works. It's like it's a, thirty frames per second. Hi, yeah. you're funny. Fifteen. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually used it in the uh, Arch install video that I posted of ours. 
I was right. using I was using that connector. And it's funny because you can see after I got Arch installed, I switched to using OBS to actually like do the screen capture and there's like a dramatic quality change like all of a sudden <laughs> whenever I, I switch. Um oh, but it'll it'll make it through, especially for an Arch install where you're just trying to capture a trauma, yeah. you know. Right, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, I think we should do a full live stream of it. We got to figure out when we're going to do it. I'm about to go on vacation, so it'll be at least two weeks from now. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I gotta. I don't know. <laughs> and I think it's going to take like all day. I think it's going to be like we need to start like in the morning. And, yeah, because uh, I like I like when to take my time, talk through <laughs> like even like talk through some of the steps like a little more to understand it th- more thoroughly. You know. Yeah. And I want to do all. I want to also do my ButterFS you know, setup where I can like do snapshots with time shift and all that crap. So, yeah, so that's, that's going to be a little extra. When I was telling you I wanted a project, um, I want to I want to start a project for the show because I feel like I haven't lately. I haven't really been working on anything. Like I come on and and I'm like, oh yeah, I tested Fedora, but like I was ar- <laughs> I was already using Fedora. Like it wasn't really anything special, right? It wasn't then, like a side project. Like whatever game I've played that week, I usually try to pick up a game every two weeks just so I can talk about it on here, but. Um, beyond that, I don't really have anything going on anymore. You know, like I was working at a day job where I did Linux every day. And so I could kind of talk about those projects a little bit, but I'm not even doing that anymore. Um, so like I need like a project, like I need something that we need that's like (laughs) ongoing. And the, the idea that I came up with, although I think your Python conversation before this may have changed (laughs) my mind. Um, but the original idea I had was, so we're always trying different versions of distros um don't say try and bsd no no i don't want to do that no 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 don't want to do that but but i'm always having to like wipe my system and then reinstall everything and yep. i've got it down pretty good like i know exactly i know exactly what i'm going to do every time but you mentioned wanting to learn more about ansible Yes, I which, know where you're going with this. Yes, which is something that I feel really comfortable with, but there's probably better ways to do it. I think if we were to use Ansible, we would just be doing it because you want to learn more Ooh. about it. But there's probably yeah. better ways. But I like think we Python. need to. We could do a Python script for this. Maybe I don't know, but we need to. I figure know we out... can because I've, tr- I've I've looked into it. Oh, okay, <laughs> I, I not think installing we... Fedora, but after or not I shouldn't say Fedora, but not installing a distro, but yeah. after the distro is installed, you right. can like. Just launch that Python script, like do a git pull, launch yeah. that Python script, and everything happens. <laughs> so, so the good thing about using, all right. So the project idea I had was to automate that process after we install an OS, right? Exactly. So that we do the same thing every single time. Yeah. And um, I know that every single time I install an OS, I install OBS, um, I install you know the stuff needed to do the podcast. I install Caden Live. Yep. Whatever we need yep. to edit to do the edit the show, Audacity. Um, I'm going to install um, Elder Scrolls Online because that's typically yep. my benchmark test for you know how how gaming performance is. Um, it would be nice to automatically install Gravity Mark or something like that to yeah. test the uh, FPS. Um, the the nice thing about using something like Audacity versus a Python script. I'm sorry, Audacity. Ansible versus <laughs> Ansible, a Python yeah. script. Man, you'd have to get really creative with Audacity. Huh? <laughs> Great um, audacity scripts <laughs> and our distros. Come on, man! It's all, it's all sound based. Yeah. All you hear is do 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 do. All the all the distros installing. 
<laughs> yeah. My dad used to have a watch that was like a computer watch that he would hold up to the oh, screen yeah, yeah, yeah. and it would flash lights. It would be like that <laughs> That's but with, great. with audio. Audacity starts playing all these different audio uh, things. Yep. <laughs> um, so um, if we set up an Ansible script, the nice thing about that would be like, say, for instance, you installed Fedora 36 on for review of this episode. Right. I installed Nabara um, 36. Nabara already has OBS. And so Ansible is smart enough to say, well, OBS is already that. there, so I'm just going to yep. move to the next step. Whereas if you set That's up a Python script, it's going to yep. attempt to install no. it. Yeah. You'd have to you'd have to create logic in the Python script to be like, oh, <laughs> you know, OBS is installed, right. skip that. Yeah. Well, right. Ansible, isn't Ansible built on, on Python? It is. Yeah, yeah, it so is. All the probably, modules are Python. <laughs> just yeah. look in the code, and we can just copy and paste it for and our Python script. A, a no. lot of people even use... Um, <laughs> It just feels weird to me, just because I'm I've I've just used Linux for so long. But I know that when yeah. I first started getting into Ansible, most of the people were not Linux experts. They just you know they were using Linux because Ansible is a Red Hat thing. But they right. were pip yeah. installing Ansible. Like most people use pip to install Ansible, even. Right. Yeah. 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 But uh, but so that is an option. But I think we need to investigate what the best option would yeah, be. And definitely a- another thing is is like what. Could we do this? Would be nice for us to have, but could we make something that other people could use? Like um, another idea. Oh, I had, like a community, like like right. kind of situation. Like, hmm. well, so I think it would be I weird. I think it would be weird if you had like a Ansible script that like it installed like a game and then all of the yeah specifics. That that would almost be like what um what Lutris does, like a Lutris yeah. script. But what right. if what if we could somehow make something that could like automatically back that stuff up and then and then redeploy it? We made something specific for games. Like it backs up, it backs up. It knows that if you're a Linux gamer, you're going to have Lutris, you're going to have Steam. Yep. Um, yep. You may have that uh, the Heroic Launcher or whatever. What if yep. we try to yep. make yep. something that like somehow like backed all of these things up? But anyway. I'm talking crazy. This is just like brain. This is whiteboard <laughs> brainstorming right here. Again, um, we're we're also not a programming <laughs> podcast because most of that stuff is going to be. If you have anything that backs up like your home directory, like you were just talking about, uh, right? The most of that stuff's going to be encompassed in that. So I don't yes. really know what we could do special, but we need to investigate this. We and, definitely uh, do figure out the best thing for us to use for doing these um, these reinstalls for the show, and then talk about that more. You know, as we do it. Um, but yeah, we also I like the idea that you're trying to you're trying to come up with a, a Python project. Have you had any ideas for that yet or No, I really I really want to like try to actually play some I was actually playing that game you sent me a, a little bit ago the uh, AI Dungeon or whatever. Was that you or was that someone else that sent that? Oh, yeah, I sent you AI Dungeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cuz I kind of want to get some ideas to figure out, you know, what I could do, like how I could, you know, program it, you know, what, what the, um, what am I trying to say? What the storyline might, might be, yeah, you know, yeah. not only what the programming is, but what the storyline would be. That's what you said that sparked my interest before we started the show that I was like, oh, maybe that's a better project than the other. Ah. Um, I would love to work on some sort of like, uh, like, um, cause I like feel like that's like the easiest RPG. Yeah, that's like the yeah. easiest thing that you could get into is a text-based one. Other than maybe like Godot or something like that, we could do that. But that's limiting, you yeah. know, to to that engine. Um, but with the, the text-based game, you could do whatever the heck you want. Did you check out the AI dungeon thing? 
a little bit a little bit i played like maybe like 15 minutes and, and that was about it because i was kind of making dinner and stuff but it seemed pretty cool pretty <laughs> i don't wild. think i don't think i could make anything like that it's pretty wild <laughs> it's uh it's like using machine learning and yeah and ai obviously hey python does that <laughs> yeah no i'm sure it's i'm sure it's i'm sure it's python based it's uh so what well, that's if, true it probably is it's probably on python in the background right it's taking the input from all the other players that have tried it and it's and it's using that to oh okay to better itself and to interesting yeah yeah slowly becoming sky skynet right, right. skynet yeah exactly <laughs> i i uh I actually did um back when I was playing Star Trek um Adventures which is a right. Star Trek RPG. Um I actually basically used AI Dungeon to set up my scenario and then I played that through that scenario as a player and I used what AI Dungeon, you know, fed to me to continue the story. Um, okay. To kind of like I like use that with like my real life players. Like I I basically oh, retold the story to them. Um, but you know, it's funny cause it'll get off a little bit and say something yeah. weird. And so you, you have right. to kind of, kind of all those AI sense. things do that. No matter how good they try to make it, they always, something's always off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would be a lot of fun to work on some sort of project like that. But, um, but if you have an idea for, for what project we should work on to continue the show, um, you know, to, con- as an ongoing thing for the show. Uh, you can send us an email at crowbarkernelpanic at pm.me or join us on Discord. I have the Discord link in the show notes. I have been trying to pay attention more to the uh, to the Discord channel. So we hang out in the Linux Gaming um, channel on the Mintcast Discord. Um, and uh, I really appreciate everybody that's been uh, you know, giving us... Yeah, there's been a lot more activity recently. Yeah, it's been, it's been kind of hype recently. It's been recently. pretty good. I think, uh, I think we could be getting to the place where we might want to... We might want to start our own. Maybe we make that the 200 subscriber goal. Is we when we get yeah. to 200 subscribers, we make a we make our own Discord instead of sharing the, be, the Mintcast. That'd be good. Although we yeah. love we love the Mintcast. There's no there's no uh, yeah no no one's no one's trying to kick us out. We're just uh, no. It just I think if we got to 200 subscribers, maybe we would be at a point where we feel like we could kind of you know stand stand on our own. Um, but We'd also be able to tell more like how many listeners we might have. Not necessarily all of them but you know get a get a more of a fine-grained tune on how many people you know are yeah well listening to us a little bit the people that listen to us now i'm sure just they they migrated over from mintcast i'm pretty sure but probably um, probably for the most part (laughs) but that's great we love it um that's fine with me so we got some comments um we've got uh from floppy doof floopy doof (laughs) sorry floopy doof um, <laughs> this was on the last video. He said, uh, as someone else cough said, and I think he was, <laughs> I think that was joking. Cause I was coughing on the last episode. I had, oh, yeah. a, I had the right. sinus problem. Um, uh, congrats Josh on graduating. Yay. Uh, thank you. <laughs> congratulations. Uh, is it official now? I know last week you were like, yep, it's, I'm pretty it's sure it's hundred percent official. My, <laughs> okay. my graduation is actually on the 26th of this month. So that's nice. next week. So everything's all good, man. That is, that is, uh, so are you going to walk across the stage and everything? You're going to get, yeah, go I'm going to, process? I wasn't going to, but my family I'm all kind are. of convinced me into it because I didn't really get a graduation for high school because I went to a high school that was like really, really small. Like I'm talking yeah. like maybe like 30 people in the entire school. Yeah. And I was one of two people in my 
graduating class. So that was, it's like, it was a really small school. It was, it was small. So I didn't really get a graduation. So this might be like my, like real (laughs) graduation. (laughs) I'm glad that you are because I didn't do, I didn't do mine and I regret it. Um, I regret it. That's what a lot of people told me. Yeah. I only regret it because my dad told me that he wished that he, and I didn't think about it at the time and he didn't express how important it was to him. But like after the fact, he told me that he wished that he had got to see me do it. And so I regretted. Not, not doing, doing it. it. Yeah. yeah. But it, it didn't really mean anything to me, but if I had known I would have I would have done it. Right. Um but he got to see my he got to see my younger sister, who is the way more responsible McCoy, so you know <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense that it would be her. Um but uh so he, he went on to say, uh my gut tells me that the connection issues Bo is experiencing could be related to either MTU size um being too large um udp being filtered or uh or the fancy router trying to shake the traffic (laughs) via some qos policy i think this was it um the isp might also be up to something too though so i don't think it's my isp because my fancy router um it's 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 an ubiquity but it's not it's not the custom ubiquity kit it's like a you can buy a router in a box from ubiquity called i think it's called alien um <laughs> that's a fitting name for that router. Yeah, yeah. It's very that thing's amazing looking. looking. <laughs> um but it actually the interface is not as nice as if you just have an ubiquity, you know, edge mm. router. Um yeah, right. It's, it's and not, just use their it's not as capable. But I'm thinking that there must be a more advanced interface that I just need to Google how to get to because Oh right. The basic interface that I could log into by going to the IP address of my router. It had QO, It had some QoS policy settings, but there was no MTU size. Um, I didn't see anything about uh, UDP packets, um, and I did adjust the QoS policy because um, because I'm upstairs on Wi-Fi, um, so it has it's Wi-Fi six, and I have like a Wi-Fi access point that I plug my desktop into upstairs, um, and because it's Wi-Fi six, then it's capable of you know as much speeds as I could do on my desktop. Anyway. Right. Um, but also because it's Wi-Fi, some of the QoS stuff was set lower for Wi-Fi versus um, plugged directly ah. into the router, and so I did adjust some of those settings, and I think it has helped. Although yeah, you're you're really clear right now. Yeah, yeah, I, and and it comes and goes anyway. You know, like right okay, now, everybody right. in the house is asleep, so like yeah, Wi-Fi is definitely like that. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> but uh. And I'm not charging my car, and we were, <laughs> we were suspicious that, that had something to do with it. Um, but uh, the um, you know, also the car gets updates. It could be, it could be. Oh an, no! Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> and it probably does that when it's charging. So that also could have been related. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That, that, oh boy. Or it's yeah. like phoning home or something. <laughs> we're yeah. using all your bandwidth. It's telling it's telling the government where I've been driving. Can't trust <laughs> can't trust your phones or your cars these days. Um, so, uh, <laughs> we're so off track. I don't remember what I was saying before I started making Sorry. jokes. <laughs> um, oh yeah. So I changed those QoS settings. I think it, I think it did help. Um, right. But, uh, only time, only time will tell. We'll have to see. Let's yep. see how it goes. So far it looks good. Yeah. Cause the yeah. last two podcasts you were having issues and now it looks great. I think, oh, I know what I was going to say. The router automatically does a speed test. This was one of the things I ah. saw when I logged into the router to, to look mm-hmm. at uh, these settings. The router does a speed test at a certain time every day, 
and, ah. and, it, and then it tracks that. So I could actually go back and look at a history of what I'm getting for my ISP, and I'm actually getting higher download speeds than what I'm paying for. Now, I don't know oh. when it's doing that test. If it's doing that test at like you know noon when everybody's at work, then it probably is getting much faster speeds than what I'm paying for. It would be ideally it should do that test like right about now, like when everybody's on their on their network right. to see if I'm still getting except it. for it would bog it down. <laughs> yeah, except for I don't want it to do it right now. Right. Um, but anyway, so we'll see if that if those QoS changes uh, helps fix my problem. Um, we had a comment on a way early episode. I don't remember what episode it was, but it was from Radu who said that he was happy to see Albion on my, on my plank panel here. I had an Albion online (laughs) icon and he said, I'm happy to see Albion, uh, the Albion icon. And then I responded back. Oh, fellow, fellow carrot farmer. I see. Um, and, uh, I wasn't expecting a response. I just was, you know, making a joke. Cause I, I joke about how in that game, all I do is, is farm. It's basically Farmville, but I have like Epic gear on. Um, and he said, no, I'm more into wheat these days. So he's, <laughs> I'm farming carrots. He's farming wheat. That's really, that's great. That's really all you do in Albion is, is, uh, you build armor, swords and shields. Uh, maybe you're a using caster, wheat, but then <laughs> carrots. But then all you do is go out and plant carrots. That's all anybody does in that game. <laughs> I saw they have an update coming up. I don't. I don't know what oh changes boy. they're making, but I think it's I, supposed to be more more uh, single player dungeons or something like that. So uh, it, it could be interesting. Player. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 I like that. Um. So that was all the um, comments we had. Oh, but we did have an email. Let me pull up yes. the email you forwarded yes. to me. Yeah, I I don't have it up right now, but. I'll get it up real quick. I should have done it. I forgot about it. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I didn't forget about it. I just don't know why I didn't pull it up. JH and Steve, if you're still in the uh, chat, uh, hey, guys. Thank you for stopping I'm by. JH. Oh, are you JH? <laughs> <laughs> JH could be anybody. Could be It could be anybody with a J and H. Exactly. <laughs> Anonymy and an, an anonymity, <laughs> <laughs> except for I'm signing to Google. <laughs> uh, okay, I got it right here. So this was from you said Dale. Dale sent this to the um, to our email crowbar kernel panic at pm dot me. Yep. Um, I really enjoy the podcast. Thank you, Dale. Um, even though I'm not an active gamer these days, I still try to keep up with the current news. Um, eventually I will get back into some games. Yeah, man, definitely, definitely get into some games. You know, I don't know if, um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get them into games. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I play a lot of stuff that doesn't require like, you know, a, a full like game yeah. setup and stuff. So we could probably find some, some old I was, like, MMO. I trying to get them that... into Valheim. Like yeah, Valheim oh, yeah, was, was going to be like, yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause, then, we, cause then me and him could actually play and I could teach him kind of how, what the, how the ropes you know, I would, are. <laughs> I would play Valheim if I, if I had like other people to play with and we had some kind of goal, you know, like, uh, yeah, I, I know. And I was playing with, with, um, in it RD on, yeah. on uh, I still for a while. He's got the best I know it's, name. it's amazing. Um, <laughs> I was playing with him for a while and it was fun. And then I got busy and then I, and then I couldn't play for a while. And then I logged on. And I mean, all of a sudden it went from like, I'm building wood stuff, yay, to I'm building iron stone stuff, yeah. and I can't even keep up, and I'm just like, oh, I can't. 
Yeah, our problem I'm over here in my little shack, like trying yeah. to start a fire in there. Our, our like problem was in it. RD was so much better than us that like oh, he's amazing. Yeah, he's so good. Like I, I'll build a basic house and I'll be there the next day, and he'll be like structure, like yeah. making it so structurally sound and like amazing yeah, looking just, from the outside. It, and he's great. It felt like I wasn't contributing anything, and I didn't know what I didn't know what the goal was, and like I was just like I'm just gonna rebuild every day. I would just log in and just rebuild my house. He just, I didn't he know just what defaulted to, do. to carrot farming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you could farm carrots in that game, I would be happy. You can. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a mechanic. <laughs> um, so um, continuing on Dale's email, uh, Bo mentioned some issues uh, with gaming on a TV. One option to try is the game mode, which is usually listed under the display options. Most TVs have a movie or cinema mode, sports mode, right. etc. Uh, the gaming mode should turn off the TV's video processing so that the incoming video goes directly to the screen without any delay. Right. Um, so, uh, especially in previous... important for VSync or um, G Sync or or um, FreeSync. Yeah. Very important to turn that off for that. So I'm actually not. The issue was with streaming. Um, was with streaming video, like uh, just from like Amazon or, or anything like that, um, which actually does apply to Luna if I'm playing Luna games. Which, by the way, I've lost my Luna controller. Oh gee, I'm telling you. I promise I didn't take it. Yeah, no, I, I left promise. it. <laughs> I left it in the garage, and I clean out the garage one day, and my son either picked it up and took it somewhere, oh. or I accidentally might have threw it away. Because I did throw a lot of stuff <gasps> away, and it may have, oh. and I took stuff to Goodwill. I may have accidentally took it to Goodwill. Well, um, I would, I would, I would rather it go to Goodwill and maybe find a better <laughs> home than be thrown out. <laughs> I, I've literally looked. We've looked everywhere, and <sighs> and we've even like you know cleaned I up his that. room. We cleaned up the area that he plays in. Like yep. I, I literally. At this point, I'm like, I must have accidentally thrown it away. I don't even have a kid, and I've lost so much, so many things like that. Yeah. So I can't even blame it on the kid. I know it's me. <laughs> well, that's that's what'll happen. Is like we'll find it in the bottom of the fridge or something. You know? He's... Yep. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. <laughs> yep. Um. So uh, I actually did. I did some testing with that. So you told me to change the um, refresh rate on the TV, and. Right. I, I looked through the settings and I couldn't find where to do that. But much it's, like it's my probably router, obscure. It's probably right. not like yeah. I, it's probably I, not like oh refresh rate. It's right. probably like cinema mode, like Dale was talking about the yeah. those those different modes. Because my dad's TV is like that. There's no like refresh to 120 or 60. It's all like some weird wording. <laughs> yeah. So I did change it. I did change it to something else while I was I was watching something and I mm -hmm. saw it happening. So I immediately changed it. And I think it did, I think it did kind of resolve it in that moment, but yeah, be, I suspect it's a network issue and it still could be, it could be that changing the refresh weight rate disguises the network issue. Um, but, um, it did I go away in that moment. Yeah, I would suspect the re the, the um, internet or the network issue only because you've been having networking issues. Yeah, yeah. That that is would be well, my first suspect. I right think there. this was after I made the changes that the previous commenter suggested to my router. Okay. And okay. It, and and I still had this. It this, still had the issue. Yeah, I still had the issue, but I haven't seen it since okay. I changed the cinema mode. Um. Hmm. 
So in a previous okay. episode, one of you mentioned the turbo button on the computer in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> yeah, uh, the turbo button was used, oddly enough, to slow down the computer. Yeah, that's what I read. Um, as I understand it, games of that era were tied to the clock cycle of the CPU. Mm-hmm. When the newer CPUs were released, requiring multiples of the clock cycle to be set, um, older games would be unplayable or too fast. Um, so the turbo button would change yep. the clock cycle. Um, I remember having to do that in order to yeah. play older games back then. Yeah, that was I, I read about that. That's pretty... and when when he says too fast, he means literally like the game would be like yeah, <laughs> right. you know, it yeah. would be like when it's supposed to be like da 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 da. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't miss those days at all. <laughs> so, it, so it seems like the turbo button was backwards. If if it if yeah. <laughs> if the turbo button was on, it was slower. The turbo button was off, right. it was faster. It was more of like a sync button. Yeah, like sync to button, sync yeah. the game to the to the rather than but but it's turbo because you know it's it's making the game work better. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it should have been called the choke, like the choke of a. <laughs> it was. It should have been like the, the choke of a uh, carburetor. You know, <laughs> call the IT department. I put the choke on my computer. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's making some weird sounds now. Sir, that's a car. <laughs> oh. Um, but Dell says, keep up the great work. Uh, we really appreciate the email. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, and if anybody else, if anybody wants to email, we'll be glad to read it on the show, and we really appreciate all the comments. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I read a, I, I read an article about about that the the turbo button. I don't, I don't remember if I read it because we talked about it on the show or if that was what prompted us to talk about it. I don't know, but I do remember old computers used to have that turbo button and it's just, <laughs> just hilarious. Like, well, mine don't work now because I'm only on Fedora. Because so. <laughs> the gimmick behind, because what always got me even back then was I would see the turbo button and I would just think like that must not work or right. you would just have it on all the time. Like if there was a turbo mode, right. that would be the mode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why use anything else? <laughs> right, yeah. Why would you ever use anything else? <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people thought that and they probably just pressed it immediately. They just left it on all the time. It's a really it's a really poorly named device. Um so we've got some news. We're going to talk about uh Fedora 36. Um every episode of the show is not going to be Fedora. We just had two in a, in a row. Um, yeah, and the funny thing I, I was saying about last week's episode is we titled it Fedora 36, but we mostly <laughs> talked about 35. Um, but uh, this week we've actually we're actually going to talk about uh, Fedora 36 a little bit. I did the Nabura project uh, 36. It's you know the Fedora 36 ISO for the Nabura project. Um, so I'll be talking about that. We have uh, only three news stories coming up, but before we get into that, I wanted to tell you about a game that I've been playing, and I wanted to ask you if you're familiar with this game. Have you ever tried okay. the Stanley Parable or seen any videos of I it? I have seen videos. I've, I've seen it in my list, but I've never got around to buying it. Just kind of like Portal. I've never, I never played Portal, so like I need, I need to do that too. My actually, my friend bought me Portal, so I need to start playing that. But anyway, besides the fact, no, I have not played the Stanley Parable. <laughs> so, um, the Stanley Parable. It is by Crows, Crows, Crows. Is the uh, <laughs> the developer and publisher of the game, which is a fantastic name. Um, they just came out with the Ultimate Deluxe, but the original game came out in uh-huh. uh, 2013. 
And wow, that long ago now? Yeah, it was a it was a source. <laughs> it's a source engine game, and yep, it was yep. like I do remember that. You know, all there was all sorts of creative source engine games that was coming out mm-hmm. from the indie developers. That's where um, Gary's Mod came from. Yep, um, yep. And uh, this was kind of in that same vein. Only if you ever watch a video of it, you'll see like what the game is. Is um, it's a game that you repeatedly play. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really short game, but there's so many different like. Uh, cases where like you could take a left where you took a right and then you can end up with a different ending every time you do it you'll end up with a a different ending and so the game is like meant to just be replayed over and over Mm. and over again um the premise of the game is you're like this like you're stanley um (laughs) which is just like this like uh dude that is in an office he's in a cubicle i can't remember what number his cube is it's like 247 or something like that i I'm sure I'm sure there's some Stanley stands out there that are like, "Come on, man, it's 225 <laughs> or whatever." Um, but <laughs> he he basically just has his employee number, and that's how he's like identified at this. It's just like you're like very very stereotypical, like you know, I push buttons every day yep. job. Corporate, and, <laughs> yeah, really corporate. And and he, and that's how the game starts. Essentially, he's, they say that Stanley's job, his existence in life, actually, is that. <laughs> He is there's on this screen. It pops up and it tells him what button button to hit and for how long. And then he just hits that button on the keyboard. And, oh my gosh! And keeps moving. <laughs> well, one day Stanley looks around and realizes that none of his coworkers are in the office anymore. And so the game starts out with a narrator that just says, "You know, Stanley." Uh, he notices that none of his coworkers are around. Maybe they're all <laughs> in the conference room. And so you start walking around the office, and the narrator will. Oh, so keep now you're playing you. now. Yeah, now you're playing. Okay, now you're playing. Got it. And the uh, narrator talks to you much like uh, the movie Stranger Than Fiction, where okay, um, you as the character can hear the narrator, and the narrator's kind of described like you have this back and forth kind of with them, and right. um So he'll tell you things like, uh, like you come. Their first choice is you come to a room with two doors, and mm. the narrator says. Stanley came to a room with two doors. The obvious choice was to take the door to the left. And then you can either take the door to the left or door to the right. Um, And there's all kinds of decisions like that. Like uh, Stanley went up the stairs to his boss's office, but you can go downstairs. Like you can, you can either do what the narrator says or you can defy against what the narrator says. Stanley is hearing the narrator. Like, yeah, somehow he's actually hearing the narrator and you're like controlling him. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so he can avoid what the narrator's actually telling him to do. That's and, awesome. <laughs> and it just it goes to just all these more and more extreme, like elaborate like situations where like uh there was one time I went I entered the room with two doors. I took the right, even though the narrator said to take the left. Mm-hmm. And then there were some other decisions where I made a different decision than the narrator. Some of them I did the same thing the narrator said to do. And I ended up I ended up going through like a labyrinth of hallways and all this different stuff. And I ended up back in the same room with the two doors again. Only this time there was like 19 doors. <laughs> oh, God. oh my God. <laughs> and That's like crazy. There's one time I ended up in, um, I ended up in like a literal labyrinth maze where like it was wow. endless. I could never get out of it. I just kept walking and walking <laughs> and until it got to the point where I could like, they kept changing it as I would walk through it to the point where I was literally just walking around a square, like a square oh hallway. Um, yeah, it's, uh, 
it's really crazy. I had one ending where I ended up in like a, uh, I guess Stanley died and ended up in heaven. And, but heaven was like <laughs> a, it looked like a, like a fancy art exhibit that was all like different <laughs> pieces of the Stanley parable game. And like, I had, all Oh my different, goodness. Like it was like, you know, white walled room right. where I could yeah, walk yeah, yeah. in. And then there's just like uh like Stanley stapler on the wall with like a little description <laughs> underneath it, you know? Um, so it's like, it's just, it's just all these like wild, elaborate, like, you know, different choices yeah. and uh, alternate endings that you can go through and do. Um, that's that's so funny because like that's right around the era when they started doing all those quick what, quick time actions or something like that in video yeah. games. Like a lot of stuff like that where you had to like, oh, yeah, 10 oh, yeah, seconds yeah. to hit this button. But like <laughs> that game's like an anti quick quick uh, decision thing yeah. because like you have unlimited time and you can like defy the narrator and you don't immediately like lose the game. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And because it's based on the source engine, there's a, there's a Linux native install. You don't have to run it on proton. That's cool. That's cool. Um, I tried it on the steam deck and it, you know, it works perfectly as you would expect, yep. because like I said, it's a source engine game. So you'd expect it. Um, I saw in, I didn't notice this until I was preparing for the show, but I clicked on crows, crows, crows on, um, on the Steam um, store page just right. to see what other games they have. Yep. And they have this game I'm interested in. It's free to play, so I'll download it and mm, play it. And uh, we can talk about it next week. But it's called Dr. Lang, Dr. Langskoff, the Tiger, and the Terribly Cursed Emerald. Um, <laughs> a whirlwind heist. Wow. And That's I'll read crazy. you, the, uh, I'll read you <laughs> the, the description. It says... Uh, a 15-minute heist game by Crows, Crows, Crows and directed by William William Poog, Poog, Poog. I don't know how you say his last name, but in parentheses it says a Stanley parable. Um, slip into the soft-soled shoes of the mastermind responsible for the greatest heist. Oh, God, I can't do this anymore. I'm just going I'm, – I'm joining the strike. Good luck writing the Steam description. Um, then signed, Tina. And if you look at this, <laughs> at the Steam description, it's a letter from Tina, and it uh, talks about the game a little bit at the top. But then it says, uh, um, "But then it says, oh God, I can't do this anymore. I'm joining the strike. Uh, I didn't want to. I honestly didn't want to, but it's gone too far. Um, I'm supposed to be writing the Steam store description, and that's <laughs> it. That's my job. But because we're understaffed, because of understaffing." I've been told I need to work in the lighting department too. And it's only a matter of time before they reassign me to the wildlife preparation. And everybody knows that working in wildlife preparation is mostly about trying very hard not to be eaten by the tiger. <laughs> so that's it. I'm joining the picket. And, um, whenever you watch the little steam, little video, the little video describing the game, it's like, there's like letters and stuff from employees. They're like going on strike. So I, I, I think I, without playing it yet, I think the premise of this game is going to be that, uh, sure. You're, you're playing this game about a heist, but you're also getting these clues of like the people developing the game are going on strike and quitting. So you're like dealing with that <laughs> as part of the story as well. <laughs> so it looks like it looks like a lot of fun. I really like these kind of uh these kind of games. And I, and that one's that one's free, so um yeah, I can't wait to try it. It's funny. Um have you have you played anything in the last two weeks or you've just been doing the Fedora Shuffle? 
Oh yeah, I, I've been doing the Fedora Shuffle definitely. Uh, <laughs> I haven't got, <laughs> I haven't gotten a lot of games games played yet, but uh, oddly enough, I actually have been retro gaming on my uh, HP stream because it's very low powered. So I was kind of oh, yeah. playing. I, was, I remember those. <laughs> it actually kind of struggle struggles to play like DS games, <laughs> emulating mm. them. So like it, it's not very powerful at all. Um, and uh, I can emulate them pretty well up to like a ds or maybe maybe like a nintendo 64 maybe depending on how good the game's optimized <laughs> but yeah. uh yeah there's uh i saw that they were making progress i started to put it in the show notes but i didn't actually read the article um i saw that they were making some progress on that playstation 2 emulator that they were working on um, oh yeah P P S S O P. I don't know something yeah, like that I, was, yeah. I know what you're talking about yeah 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 um, or was oh, it- I bet my my laptop would be able to do that easily, or my desktop, but, but that not yeah. that computer. <laughs> um, but uh, we do have a few we do have a few news items. We'll try to go through. Yeah, um, let's go through them pretty quick. So we have uh, the Gnome Foundation has done some reorganizing. They've done some. Um... <laughs> they always <laughs> seem to be doing reorganizing. <laughs> Well, this is so they changed out board directors. I don't know anything about uh the old guy or the new guy, so you know, I don't really have any comment on that. And and in this uh so I'm looking at thisweek.gnome.org and in this announcement, they don't really describe much other than they made this transition. Um and uh they they put up a Gnome Foundation's board of directors has been working on a high-level roadmap. Um to give the foundation a clear direction. And they point out this roadmap in like sort of like three pillars. Um, mm-hmm. The first one is they want to make newcomers, um, the newcomer initiative more sustainable with paid contributors polishing the mm-hmm. documentation and welcoming people on our platform. Um, the second pillar, make GNOME an appealing platform to developers for... Um, by making FlatHub support payments. Ooh, okay. Um, and then the third yeah. is make GNOME a local first platform to empower individuals by reducing their dependency on the cloud and more generally the internet. Um, I'm not sure what that exactly means. Yeah, the third <laughs> one is the one that confuses me the most. So, um, a local first platform. Yeah, because to me, the first two are talking about in attracting new developers yeah you know for and so I, I don't know if they mean like they're not going to be using collaborative things like git and they're going to be working more locally i don't really know what they i don't really know what this one exactly means but um i don't know they say in short funnel more people to contribute to the gnome project make them able to earn money um, from the skills they developed and follow them to create apps that have a strong impact on the world um, yeah, I think that sounds really good. I mean, I, I yeah, that I know these open source developers need to get paid more for what they do because they right. do a lot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that as a that as a mission statement, yeah, seems seems really good. And I like yeah. the idea that they're like, okay, we're gonna like pay, we're gonna actually like staff some people that yeah. are gonna be just there for like initiating newcomers, like people that want to yeah. like like develop for the project. We're going to make sure they feel welcome welcome, and we're going to put the onus on those people to make sure that their documentation and stuff is like 
you know, in the way that top, we want top. it. Right. <laughs> um, and instead of doing it the opposites where like people try to contribute and then they get like a slap on the wrist for like poor documentation right. or something, they're like, yep. Hey, we'll let them contribute and we'll try to help them with that part. Um, and then, uh, the second one, so make GNOME an appealing platform to develop for by making flat hub support payments. Yeah, exactly what you said. Uh, yeah. it's, I think that's an amazing, amazing initiative. The flat hub support payments. I'm like that. I'm all for that because flat, uh, flat packs are amazing. I think that they should be the clear winner for this whole, uh, you know, um, uh, container based application mm-hmm. thing. And if people can get paid to, to do it, Hey, more on you. Yeah. I think that's a really good uh, contribution. Um, let's see the other stuff. They talk about some updates to, uh, GTK four, um, it's pretty in the weeds uh, for yeah. this podcast, but yeah, um, it all sounds really cool. So if you are a GTK four, sounds like a lot of good. That, stuff. Yeah, they have uh, nothing like too negative or, or negative at all. No, no, nothing, say. nothing at all. Um, they mentioned some third party projects. Uh, oh, this one's really cool. So they they have the first version of Warp, um, which is like a uh, a, a file transfer. Oh, but it's they kind of like, like copied Warpinator from Linux Mint. Yeah, it's like uh it's like uh where you can you can copy a you copy like a uh, pre-shared key or something and then you can you can sync files back and forth. Yeah, it's it's literally it's literally like Warpinator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like Warpinator and there's there's a few other things that that do that same that same thing. Um and then they they show Workbench um, I'm kind of interested in oh, this. Interesting. So this is a development. It is a, uh, de- a development sandbox specifically for um, like GTK and like yeah. GNOME applications. And it uses Blueprint, which That's is cool. a markup language um, by James Westman, which I've never heard of Blueprint, but that's it. No, me neither. It's pretty interesting. I-, I watched this little video here, which is just, it's actually silent so we can play it, but it's just a little demonstration of, um, you know how to use uh, Blueprint in this new uh, in this new application, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's uh, some pretty good developments. I think um, you know we've been talking recently about how uh, GNOME has won us over com- compared to where like I used to hate it, and now I, f- I find it very usable. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Yep. So I think this is good stuff to see from them. Um, moving on to a more a little more salacious. <laughs> yeah oh man so as as reported by geese by pc gamer um this this article i have linked in the show notes is from them nvidia nvidia's moved most of the code to firmware before releasing open source linux drivers yeah i, I know. i've been hearing this all over the place oh really okay so i just i just read this i haven't listened to any like linux podcasts or anything lately well so. I, I i didn't hear that they moved the code to the the firmware i know that they they had they've already had the code in the firmware i think maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong that was but. my that was my understanding i was going to bring that up too I, that was my understanding of it also i read this article and i in the headline, they make it sound that way, but I don't know that. I don't know that that's really the way the actual wording of the right. article. Well, this is it. from PC Gamer, so it could they could not maybe not understand 
the whole you know open source thing maybe i don't know maybe i'm wrong about that but and i know a lot of times in these types of uh in these types of articles especially for like a, a bigger magazine um someone else will write the headline someone will write the article and then oh else i got the it so that could be they just um, got a few things inside the the actual document and then it was like oh i'll put these all in the headline because you know, what they'll make... do is they'll try out different headlines <clears throat> which ones they okay. think will they'll like you know they've got somebody that it's like their job to just figure out well what right. headline gets the most clicks you know oh, okay um, right i think that gotcha. was a similar thing that happened uh, a while back uh, there was an article about uh linux mint and it was like the headline was like really negative. But then when you read the article, it was like, I kind of get what this guy's saying. Uh, I think it was kind of a similar situation <laughs> right. where it was like, you know, the headline was written by somebody else. Um, yeah. But if you read this article, it doesn't talk about the roadmap anywhere. And when we originally talked about NVIDIA, like they had announced this whole like roadmap that they were developing yeah. and that they were going to be moving in phases and I just think that this is, I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that this is just the first phase. Um, I mean, do we really believe that like they're open sourcing the kernel, the kernel uh, portion of their driver is like the, they made that big announcement. That's the only thing they were planning to do, um, which is, I, that wasn't the, that wasn't yeah, my perception I, of it before reading this article, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it it is Nvidia, so you got to take everything they say with a grain of salt. But they really, I, I think they really are gonna do this. It's just they're they're definitely gonna make sure that this is not like totally open source, where anyone can just take their stuff and go with it. And they they really did make sure of that when they um the the firmware actually has most of the how the GPU works and all that stuff, and that's still proprietary. And Basically, what the what the open source part is doing is it's basically calling into the firmware and and accessing the data from the firmware to yeah. to interface it's, it with the PC. Basically, it's sort of the hooks to the firmware. Yeah, or hooks. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was trying to get at. Yeah, so that's basically what's happening. So it's really not open sourcing the driver, but it, it's yeah. a lot better than what we've had in the past. So I'll take anything they give. I'm I'm so I think there's there's. I'm of two minds with this one. Mm. One, I'll say the hopeful one first. Should I go doom or, 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 or hope first? Which one doom or doom hope first? Because people will be left on hope. <laughs> okay. We'll do doom first. So doom first is I think that, I think that this illustrates why we maybe shouldn't have been so excited last week, you know, right? like uh, we, we should have probably have been more cautious with the well, understanding last week was my initial reaction right yeah exactly <laughs> we we probably should have been more been more been less optimistic of course they're going to have things in firmware um they've they've got that as an option to cover things yep. up and and they're doing it to protect their you know yep you know all, all the but, intellectual property yada 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 but yep. it's uh I don't think this is the end. Like I think that they no. will I think that they will develop this is the hopeful side now. Right. I think that they will continue down the roadmap and we'll be able to see yep. more and more benefit. Um this is just this is just what they did to start. And Yeah, and AMD and Intel both have proprietary firmware yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's yeah. the same thing that they're doing. It's just it's going to be easier for let's say the Noeve project or however you say that to yeah interface with a gpu an nvidia gpu it's just going to make their lives a lot easier than having to act like back um not backport um 
reverse engineer the drop yeah. the full driver to try to actually get it to even work not just to play yeah. games even <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right it's not a uh... I think that we, I think that, uh, I don't know how to describe it. To me, it's like, it's, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. To me, it's like somewhere in the middle. Like I think last week we were all yeah. like, bam, NVIDIA, baby, I'm ordering a t-shirt. And then, <laughs> and then this week I'm like, yeah, step back. It wasn't, maybe it wasn't, yeah, uh, we should, right. you know, they're still a corporation and they yep. still are, Especially and, they're still, and it's not without, it's not without reason. Like they're protect, they're, right. pro, they're protecting something that they feel like gives them a competitive edge. Right. Exactly. Um, so I mean, I, I get it. I get it. I just think that. Uh, I just think that maybe we were naive in like the overhype. And I don't mean we as in you and me. There was a lot of there was a lot of hype around this. There was. Know? There was a yeah. lot. And as as the week went on, and I listened to more um, Linux podcasts, I yeah. definitely noticed the hype was just like like peak. And then right down, just like I mean, just like slap on the wrist, you idiots! How could you have thought of this? Yeah, me personally, (laughs) me personally, I had decided I was going to buy a Radeon graphics card, and then this news came out, and I was like, "Oh no, I'm team, I'm team green, baby! I'm not buying a Radeon card. I'll wait another year." And then, uh, and then after reading this article, I was like, "Nah, I should just buy, I should just buy whatever the best financially." Uh, yes. beneficial graphics card for me, right. <laughs> and not and be a fanboy. Good now, it's not. It's not like it's not like Nvidia has like a huge giant um lead on on yeah. AMD. So it's not that big of a deal anymore. You know. Yeah. Um, you're probably going to be interested in this one. Um, yeah, this is interesting. What I, what I think is funny is that they announced this on Reddit. Um. <laughs> so uh josh strobel announces um in a reddit post that they have now submitted the budgie desktop to um to the fedora repositories um it's going to be available in 37 and let's see they're back porting to 36 according to this but um i just thought that was pretty neat they also described yeah. like kind of the type of support that it'll it basically is going to come out with a a working budgie desktop uh with very minimal anything else you know yeah um, so yeah th- this is interesting to me because i actually used solus and solus budgie specifically for at least a year between between when i was getting off of mint officially and doing my distro hopping after a little while i got stuck on that and i was like man this is really good because my games were working and back then the games weren't it wasn't as easy to get them working so that did a lot of the extra stuff for you and i was like man this is really nice you know i really like this and um then i started to get off of it and i kind of went here and there and yada yada but um then josh josh left and it was like, oh, so what's going to happen to the budgie desktop now? Right, we were like, yeah. oh, kind of concerned about that. And now he's like, he's on our page. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm going to Fedora, baby. <laughs> Forget this Solus crap. No, <laughs> Solus is still good. There's nothing wrong with Solus. <laughs> yeah, the but, uh, uh, Fedora is definitely coming around um, to being the top distro <laughs> yeah it's for crazy. almost everybody now it's just crazy yeah i uh i need to try budgie i've actually never tried it budgie's really really nice it's like it's like a very 
it's not a stripped down gnome. It's actually gnome with a with with extra stuff, but it seems very simple. It's weird. It it's like it's got extra things that gnome doesn't have, but it seems more simple <laughs> even than gnome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's simpler just from the screenshots I've seen of it. It's simpler in the in sort more of traditional. Like, it's more traditional. Yeah, that's a yeah. in the layout in the Right. The dynamic of how the menu works and that sort of thing. It's much yep. more traditional. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Which is like my least favorite part of Gnome, honestly. So I might I might would enjoy it. Um, you probably would like Budgie. I mean, a Budgie is great. I, I really did like Budgie uh, when I was using it. <clears throat> it looks similar to Cinnamon. And I mean, I use Cinnamon yeah. forever. It's Cinnamon with less options. Because <laughs> Cinnamon, it's, it's like, so you got KDE with like 1,000 options. Yeah. You yeah. have cinnamon with like 500 <laughs> options. Then you have budgie with like 250 options. And then you got gnome with no option. No, <laughs> with 10 options. <laughs> 10 options. <laughs> but that's like kind of how it goes on my scale of, of, of KDE yeah. to gnome. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm glad to see that they're going to have an official release for Fedora. Yeah. Me too. And, it's gonna uh, be awesome. And they're gonna do a they're gonna do a um, silver blue based one. I see here. Oh, I did not know that until I read this, which is kind of nice because I'm actually using silver blue on my uh, HP stream. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely have to give it a give it a shot whenever it comes out. Maybe that'll be my first uh, budgie experience. Will be that. Um. So that gets us through the news and into the Fedora 36 topic. So. Um, who wants to go first, uh, or how do you want to how do you want to approach this subject? Oh, well, um, I have. I don't, well, sometimes <laughs> sometimes I write more than you have more, but I <laughs> I write more, <laughs> and it looks like I have more, but it's not really true. <laughs> I mean, I I really I have not. I've had a pretty busy week, and I haven't I haven't yeah. actually done as much testing as I would like. But I can also tell that it would have been. It's essentially I'm having the I same experience testing my, yeah. either I, I just did a lot of trying to figure out what the frig was going on yeah. with my computer <laughs> and and that's the difference thing between you and i is i just i always just do a basic install my right. philosophy on my installations is i do as little as possible because <laughs> i know i'm gonna override it like i change yep. i yep. change distros so often that like i just keep it minimal i do hence why we need the ansible script Right. This this is why we need so we this is do why more. We need so I do, you know, EXT four, I do I just do the basic install. Ah. I don't separate my home partition. Ah. I don't do and, and and then and then once it's got the desktop I can get the things that I need to run the show and to do gaming. That's basically all I use my desktop for. I don't do any work right. related stuff on here. Right. Um and uh, all my hobbies involve like streaming in some way. So right. basically, if I have OBS installed and a few you have games, everything. <laughs> I have everything. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, but you always have a much more elaborate setup. You're trying ButterFS, and you know you're trying all well, these the different nice things. Well, the nice thing about Fedora is it does give you ButterFS by default. So, yeah. but it doesn't do it in the same way that Ubuntu does it. So I have to change it a little bit to get what I my exact way I like to use it. Yeah. <laughs> to get it to work. Yeah, so I, I think we do. We need to work on a project to automate to automate. Uh, definitely, this, that would be so nice. Um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, uh, so you want you want to go first, so well, then we can get. I, in the last episode, I said I was going to try to update. I was going to try to okay. do the upgrade of Nabor. Right. And I um I did. I tried it and it failed. Right. Did not work. <laughs> um, yeah. So I um, 
Yeah, so it they did. must have changed just enough things that it was just not quite ready to be able to update like that, like well, in place. You know what's funny is I'm gonna pull up their website right now because they actually did have like an upgrade path article. Oh, okay. Um, and okay. it did it did work what they said. Um, I just still had problems afterwards that were just not worth trying to fix. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Oh yeah, I know that. I know that struggle. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just like I could just reinstall. Like, why am I trying to fix this? Um, yep. So they they have a section on the Nabara Project website, um, upgrade troubleshooting, and there's this uh, lib x slt devel conflict, um, and uh, they give like a description here of like how you can uh, you can change uh, DNF remove that particular uh, devel. And then it'll allow you to run the update and reboot. This this did work um, when I first okay. when I first tried to do it without finding this article. I received this error message. If you're watching the video, I have it on the screen, but it's a transaction test error, and then it has a file path that is like a bad path. And mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. so if you just remove it and then and then follow the up, upgrade process, it'll work. And and like I said, that did go through. And just like the very first installation, it popped up afterwards and asked me if I wanted to install the NVIDIA kernel. Um, right. And whenever I would try to install the NVIDIA kernel, it would fail. And um, I had NVIDIA to, driver, you mean? Well, yeah. Well, you know how whenever you install NVIDIA drivers, it installs like a custom kernel. Um, oh, okay. I got you. Right. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it does. Right. And so right. when it would try to do that, it would it would fail. And... <sighs> I I looked it up like That's without. What I was having with the beta with the beta of thirty six. I was having that issue because mm. it would be a totally different kernel than what's normally yeah. you know on Fedora, and it would fail every single time. Maybe that was the problem. Maybe they're using that same kernel or close I, to it. I mean, it, that's what was happening. It was failing right. to load that. So it would install it, but then it would fail to load yep. it. Yep. Yep. That's exactly. Yep. That's and it. so I followed a few like step by steps on how to fix it. And I didn't get any progress. And after trying that one or two times, I was just like, you know, again, based on the philosophy I just described earlier, there's not enough customization to this desktop to make it worth keeping <laughs> right. it. I'll just wipe right. it out and reinstall. Um, yep. so that's, that's what I ended up doing. And the Nabora project 36, I used their ISO from their website and, um, and you know, it worked, it worked perfectly. Just like when I installed the 35, it popped up, asked me that I want to install NVIDIA. It installed perfectly. Everything's, everything's working fine ever since I did that. I also took your advice and mm-hmm. instead of using, instead of using the discord from the DNF repository, I installed the flat pack, uh, discord. And mm. I've, I've noticed that it is not crashing. So maybe that's also why your your stream is better. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, that that could be. That could be it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I didn't even think about that. Um, but yeah, it could be. Um, because I think whenever we used to stream on Linux Mint, I always did the flat pack. Um, yeah. And uh, then I did DNF for some reason, and I, as I'm say, I was about to say, I don't know why, but as I was about to say that, I realized why. Um, on Fedora, I I try to always use DNF, and right. um, I think it's because I'm used to using Red Hat, and so mm-hmm, my brain mm-hmm. switches to like work <laughs> mode, and I try to do it the way I would do something on right. on a server versus my desktop, which I have all these fancy things like flats and snaps and app images. <laughs> um, right, but yeah. 
That's I, understandable, though. <laughs> I, I, I think this is a boring review because essentially my Fedora 36 experience so far has been the same as my Fedora 35. I've not really ran into any any weird trouble or anything like that. Although, Uh-oh. I just, <laughs> before the show, I did DNF update, and I have a ton of updates to install. So I don't know if I forgot to do updates or if I just, yeah. I don't know, but... Uh, I, was I, like, I don't know how they. I don't know how they do their their updates. Maybe they have a lot of extra updates because they install a lot of extra packages. Yeah, I don't know, but I I didn't I didn't do them before we did the show because I didn't want to mess anything up. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get that. I might install all those updates and then be like, ah, I regret saying thirty six <laughs> works so well because now it's now it's ruined. No, nah, I, I don't. I don't feel like that because. I, as far as as much as I've used Fedora, whenever I update it, not upgrade, but update it, mm-hmm. it's fine. I never have an issue with it, with updating. I mean, no matter how many, you know, packages I get updated, unless I'm on a beta or something, that's another story. I did have an issue with a beta once. I get but... scared every time I update Pipewire. That's what scares me. Oh, Fedora, that's true. Is yep. that, yeah. Yep. That's the, like, the one thing you need. <laughs> I know. I know. And it, and it, and it haunts me. And it's me. always being updated. It's always. Like, like I did maybe hmm, I, I do about one update a day I, I always try to check it once a day yeah and every single time there was anything there was a pipe wire update yeah, every single yeah. time so yeah i yeah. see where you're coming from yeah now luckily it has been good this time around i remember when we did fedora you know, 24 or whatever it was uh fedora 30 i think um yeah, yeah. pipe wire was just oh that was in the early days though. that was when that they was first like, did it i think that was yeah. the first uh release with it even 34 was a little sketchy with that yeah but then uh but now it's uh now it seems to be working pretty good was it 30 or was it 34 i think i don't i'm not sure if it's 32 or 34 that had pipe wire unofficially yeah um but uh so what how's how's your experience been so far mine well at first i i was i was on the verge of just giving up it really was. It, wow. was, it yeah. was bad. It was bad. I, I, I installed Fedora at least five times and <clears throat> I finally figured out several things that I was doing wrong. Yeah. So, well, number one, I, I right now I only have Fedora on this, on my laptop. I got rid of windows. I do have it backed up. So I, I do have it out if I really need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but right now Fedora is the only thing that's on this laptop. And, um, so I didn't write this in the show notes, but uh, yeah, I tried. I installed it like five times, hmm. um, just trying to figure out what the heck was going on with different things and and all this crap. And I finally figured out that I was using Ventoy to install it initially. And I what kind was of like what kind of problem were you running into? Like just just um like. I'm trying to remember because I didn't I didn't write any of it down. It was just little stupid things like I I, I wouldn't be able to uh, to uh, click on applications and they wouldn't open and, and stuff like that and it just just little random stuff. And, and you felt um, like it was you felt like it was something that you set during the installation process and you were trying to go back and, and yeah 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 right yeah. and this is I I should have done what I did in the in the end from the beginning but I didn't but anyway so. I'm like, you know what? Fedora has an ISO writer, like their Fedora, you know, image writer. I'm going to try it. So I grabbed another USB because I didn't want to format my my Ventoy one. And I I used it to install Fedora 36 and or write it to the USB and everything. And then I installed it. 
And that was like the fifth time, the last time I did it. And that worked perfectly. Everything mm. was, was perfect. I didn't have any issues. So I, don't ask me. I haven't updated my Ventoy stick in a while, so that could be another problem. Did you, but, uh, did you download a new ISO to do no, that? No, I used the same one. I actually wow. copied it from Ventoy just that's because weird. I wanted to see if it was the issue. Yeah, but it that's wasn't. bizarre. That is bizarre. I wonder what the difference could be. So I, I have no idea what it was. It could be because Ventoy wasn't updated, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the heck happened, but it definitely <laughs> was smoother. My fans were working. Everything was, seemed to be okay with it. When okay. I'd used that, had something to do with secure boot or UEFI or something. No, because I have all that off. Uh, well, UEFI I have on, but but right. everything else is off. I have secure boot huh. off. I I yeah, I turn off all that just at least for the initial install to make sure everything works. <clears throat> so, but then but then since I wiped Windows, what I did was is I installed Fedora on my SSD in my um, laptop, and I um, have two NVMe's in there also. And I basically used ButterFS to make a RAID 0 between those two NVMEs to make one, you know, I think it's 1.5, let's see here. Yeah, 1.39 terabytes um, of storage. So when I did that, I um, none of my games would install. It would get to, well, not none of them, but the ones that had Origin would get to that Origin part and it would just crash. I'm like, oh, man, what the heck is this now? Every time it would just crash. Every game that had Origin would do that. Hmm. Then I realized I was looking through through the permissions, and it was like, I don't even remember what it was, but it, it was... It was set wrong. It was definitely set not not to what it should be. So what I did was I set the permissions to I did a uh, chmod seven seven zero so that my user and my group would have full permissions. But I didn't. I set the everyone to nothing. So just in case you know security yeah. <laughs> stuff. But um, and that worked. I every game installed perfectly. Nothing, you know, nothing failed and they all run great yeah um another issue i was having too i don't know this is probably a little bit out of the scope of this podcast but just just out of necessity to say it <laughs> i was trying to mount the ButterFS partition or um uh sub volume and i was using um oh man what was it what is it called well, it's a caching feature of ButterFS. I can't remember what it's called, but I was. But if if you don't specify what version to use, it defaults to version one. Uh, and Fedora yeah. has the most recent ButterFS, and if and if it sent uh, sees that, it automatically just doesn't load the uh, or doesn't mount the partition. Wow! And so I, I, many times I had to re like go into the the live USB, <laughs> rechange the the FS tab. That's and, crazy. And get it back but then i realized i i changed it to version two um i think it's space under underscore um cache i'm pretty sure that's what it's called what the option's called but i set it to version two and then it worked okay um but that was that was just a, a crazy random issue that i should have known to do because <laughs> i didn't read the documentation <clears throat> um <laughs> so uh yeah after doing the permissions it's everything seemed to work and also, Horizon Zero Dawn now works with DLSS after oh, doing that. So I'm cool. thinking, I'm thinking something with the permissions. It wasn't working before because I never could get that to work, not a single time before. And after doing this, works first time. 
That's awesome. I still yeah. have not tested DLSS on. Uh, oh, it's so it's so good because you get so much better frame rate. Yeah, it, it's amazing. I wanted to try it on uh, Baldur's Gate three. I never did get around to testing that. Yeah, Baldur's Gate three. They just they I play it so casually, and they have so many frequent updates that like I mm-hmm. have to restart my character, and so that's why I'm just like I'll just right. wait till the game's finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, totally get that but yeah i need to install it again and try uh if nothing else just to try that yeah it's it's such an easy you know little um load option or um start option for for steam um that you can just do it quick uh let's see here oh yeah and um um oh yes and jedi fallen order yeah, that right. now works fine you can go into the to the start i think maybe that was like a um a uh proton fix because it seemed to uh, happen on my other install my, yeah. my f- previous install because i did i did install this game and it did work before that so i think that was a proton fix could be uh, with that game there's but it definitely of, works now there's a lot of changes like that with proton going yeah. on right now yep and For i'm sure just using experimental so yeah <clears throat> um so and the weird thing, another weird thing I had was the Steam flat pack. The if you try to ta- uh, click on the icon, it won't load. It, it'll load. It'll be in the processes, but nothing will happen. So you have to kill the process, and then you have to actually start it via the command line using the flat pack run com dot valve software dot steam. Right, and then it works fine. There's nothing nothing wrong with it. And that only started to happen after I made. NVIDIA, the only GPU that my laptop will use. If I tried to use the, um, right, if I tried to use the Intel or switching graphics between Intel and that, it would it would start up by the icon, but as soon as I switched it just to NVIDIA, it, it, wouldn't, it won't load. I, I have no idea what that's about, but it's still not loading right now. I can click on it and it'll, it won't pop up. The, the screen won't pop up to actually play your games. So, um, yeah, that was that was another issue I I still am having, but it works. I can still play my games. I can just have to do it by the command line, or I can write a script or whatever. <clears throat> um, and the last thing was Wayland. Um, definitely no go for um my games. I I none of them will start. All of them just crash immediately if I try to do Wayland. Um, yeah, I so didn't actually... I, I'm. I actually have not. I didn't think about it. I didn't test that on uh, thirty six, but but yeah, I would. I expect... think our defaults to Xorg, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah. Um, and uh, but you can still you can still choose it on the login screen. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to, and um, yeah. I know that in the past, every time I've tried it, some native Linux stuff, so like a Counter Strike or something like that, may work. Right. Stanley Parable may have worked. Um, right. But uh, but yeah, anything. Even Linux, even even Linux native games wouldn't work with it. It was just like Valheim, nothing. Hmm. It wouldn't even start. Yeah, and <laughs> I think that even that exception to Linux native games is probably only Linux native games that are that are things like um, you know, like some games are just like coincidentally Linux native because of the they used Unity right. or something. Right. Um, yeah, that, that's in Valheim. That's the same. Right. Same exactly. Deal. But but uh, you know, like. Valve is like actively trying to make you know right. source engine games like run better on Linux or run right 
you know, well on Linux. And so I think that's mm-hmm. why sometimes you get good luck mm-hmm. with that. Like, I think I ran that, I think I ran that like lost coast thing, um, back when we did the first fedora with Waylon. Um, and it got a decent, um, FPS okay. uh, score. That's cool. But, uh, yeah. but it still was higher. Even, even still it was higher on X than it was. Right. On Waylon. Right. Well, the the thing with with Waylon versus X is X basically is like setting your permissions to seven seven seven, you know, like yeah, full yeah. permissions for everybody. You can like every window has access to everything. Yeah. And Wayland is more of like a more secure where each window has its own set of permissions, and that's the real reason why we're having so many problems getting mm. these games to work with the old games that aren't developed for Wayland. Yeah. So they have to be specifically developed for Wayland to really get the performance gains right, out of it. Right. Right. Once we start seeing that, I think we're going to see a huge I mean, performance. I mean, honestly, you know, the key is Proton. If yeah, if Proton solves the problem, then nobody will care anymore. We'll just run everything in right. Proton and be happy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's where it's going to go for Linux gaming. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, that really is true. So yeah. anyway, and, yeah. And so I, that was my that was my whole experience. So that was my spiel. I think we do need. To, I mean, like I'm I'm rooting for that to be the case eventually that we. We all switched to Wayland. Oh yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Um, yeah. So uh, that's that's about a wrap. I mean, I don't know what else to say about Fedora thirty six. It's so similar to thirty five, and we just talked about thirty five last yeah. episode. So I feel it like was just so so much under the hood stuff. That's that's the thing. It's just like other than GNOME forty two, which didn't really change a whole lot. Um, yeah. Well, I can say I can say one thing that I did notice is that if you do the appearance, the new appearance thing in GNOME, and mm-hmm. you set it to dark mode, yeah, some applications don't go dark. Yep. So you have to go to GNOME tweaks. Actually, you have to install GNOME tweaks. Yeah. And you have to go to appearance, and then legacy applications you have to set to Adwaita dark or Adwaita or however. I always say Adwaita. Ad- Adwaita. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever said it out loud. Adwaita. Adwaita. Um. Yeah, I have an example of that on screen right now. Uh, you see the window behind my OBS window is dark mode, whereas OBS mm-hmm. is still light mode. Now, if yeah, if you go if you go into GNOME tweaks, you go to applications or appearance. Sorry, appearance. I don't, I don't legacy think I applications. Have, uh, tweaks installed yet. Well, if you, if you do that, set that to Adwaita dark, and you'll that I guarantee you it'll be dark. Yeah, because I, I can't stand that. I can't stand when applications aren't I, all dark. It just I bothers me. I don't like it. I noticed it, but it hasn't bugged me enough to change it yet. But I didn't. Know, I did notice it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just found that out, like just poking around trying to change the theme of GNOME in general, and I was like, "Oh, hey, look at that! I didn't even notice that before." Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely uh, a um, a tip. So, um, in addition to trying to figure out some way of automating our post configuration process, I think that's what kind of how we should think about it yep um we're also considering the next episode you had a really good Mm -hmm. idea for the next episode and i'm really excited about it uh how would you word it text-based rpgs because i know that you're looking into one to learn about python and doing that whole project so next week what if we bring some games to the show and review them that are like text-based oh okay I think they call them muds. Isn't that why they call them mud? Okay. I'm, I'm not sure. Yet. To make sure. <laughs> I, I never. <laughs> I looked up mud and it just pulled up the, the jean, like jeans. Brand. 
<laughs> I thought they were called muds. Is that not what they're called? I, I don't know, but um, I, I I never played a text a fully text based game, um, ever. So like I really other than what I you know played oh, around with what you muds. Uh, so mud is specific to a multi user dungeon. Um, oh, interesting. So these are those text based. So I remember seeing. I this was way before our time of playing games, but I remember seeing them. Um, and they were, uh, they're, they're text-based, but I didn't realize you could play with other people. So in a way, MUDs were like the first RPGs or the first MMOs, right? Like, if wow. You were... <laughs> yeah. That's, how would that's you, crazy. how would wow. multiple people inhabit a, a text-based RPG? Like we, Can you, okay. So basically just picture the chat in wow. <laughs> like, but that's your whole screen. Can yeah. you imagine that? It's like, yeah. like you would never be able to read anything. Like, oh crap, yeah. I missed the quest. I have to scroll up. So I have, I, I have, I've never played them myself. Yeah, me neither. I'm just Actually, assuming. When you were in Anderson, we kind of we we talked about that one game that we never ended up playing. Um, right. Uh, it should be near me somewhere. I don't see it, but that like. <laughs> Alice is missing, or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was literally like a text, like yeah. literal text, like text messaging. <laughs> yeah, so I bet it's something like that. But I but you, yeah. everybody's sharing a, a a server somehow. I've seen people play games like that over Discord. Like I mm-hmm. I, I joined a Discord server where I was going to play Pathfinder with a group of people. And okay. I imagine the way it would have worked. I didn't. We didn't actually play it. Um, the group fell through. But I imagine the way it would have worked was the dungeon master would have kind of typed out a paragraph explaining a scenario, and right. then each player would type what spell they want to cast, and they'd have to roll some kind of dice, and then based on that result, they would you know the DM would have to dictate what. So basically, in if you're writing a Python game to do the same thing, you basically would be having to script out the DM's portion, right. But what if you, okay, we need to talk about this on that episode, but I just had an idea. What if you, instead of scripting out everything the DM could do, what if, this probably already exists, this idea I'm about to describe. What if you just built a Python application that allowed, that would basically facilitate these games? Someone sits in the DM chair and then people sit in the player's chair and all your scripting is the ability to use all the, the the tools to use to tell a story, but you would still give the story in the hands of whoever's sitting in the DM chair. You know, right, right. Yeah, we need to, we need to look into making this. If it, yeah, this it has gonna, to exist. It has to exist, though. It has to exist. Oh, uh, almost almost every idea I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life already exists. So this definitely exists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well. Um, this has been a good episode, and next week Ooh, this we'll, is a uh, long one. <laughs> next week we'll re- we'll review some text based RPGs. Yeah, definitely. there's some there's some cool ones on Steam. I think we can I think we can find some. Oh, they actually have ones. some on Steam, really. Well, I'll there's have to some. Definitely look into that. So I never on, really looked. Yeah, there are, and there's some like Android app ones that you can get. But oh yeah, Steam, yeah, I've heard, I've seen those. Yeah. I haven't played them, but I've seen them. The ones I'm thinking about on Steam are a little different, so there might be some caveats. But like. I know gotcha. that there's like ones where uh it's like a fake uh computer or a fake cell phone and you're like a fake hacker and you're oh, you're, okay. you're hacking through this person's text messages and stuff but you're also <laughs> learning a story as you're doing it like Right. Yeah. Um 
Okay. So there's stuff like that. There's some really creative ways to kind of do this this type of game. Um, That's crazy, though. All right. Well, wow. we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Um, please subscribe. If you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, please you're probably already subscribed, but please uh, subscribe if you're not. <laughs> and if you're watching this on YouTube, you're more than likely not subscribed, and we really appreciate it if you would. Um, the uh, audio thing kind of just works. We don't really have to focus on it, but the YouTube thing is really hard. So um, yeah. we really appreciate it if you would subscribe, like, and comment, and we'll see you next week. Peace. See you.